Welcome to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Seventh-day Adventist Church at Rockingham, Western Australia. Hello, my name is Ericsson, and I'm the pastor of the Rockingham Church. For the next hour, I'll be sharing with you some inspirational music, as well as a message entitled, We Have Won. Maybe that message will answer a question that you've always had, or maybe it will raise some new questions in your mind, which might cause you to search deeper in order to understand better what the will of God for your life is. Either way, I trust that this broadcast will be an additional blessing to you. So welcome again and stay tuned. Pray with me now as we begin. Dear God, I pray that you take this broadcast and touch someone's life today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wars and conflicts are nothing new to our planet. From antiquity to the very end of time, from the beginning to the very end of human existence, there have been and there will always be wars and conflicts. The Great War of 1914 to 1918, which claimed about 8,700,000 lives, was called, yes, the Great War, and rightly so, because living humanity had never seen such a conflict. But from 1939 to 1945, World War II gripped our planet. It cost some 36 million lives, eclipsing the horrors of World War I. Figures aside, the pain and the suffering it inflicted on millions of survivors is beyond anyone's ability to accurately report. And yet, the greatest conflict that this world has ever known has been raging for several thousands of years. Some of us call it the Great Controversy. It is the focus of our broadcast today. We'll talk about how it began, how it's been carried out, and how it relates to our experience in today's world. But let's begin with an interesting and dramatic song composed around this theme of the Great Controversy. It's sung by Wendell Phipps and is called Praise His Majesty. This is the story of a war that rages in the hearts of men. It is the story of my rebellion against Christ and the God of Heaven. This is how it began. Why do I have to stand here and bow my head in shame? Why can't I be lifted up to the place where all can see my face? I have a beauty just like the Father of love I can be trusted with the praise of the angels Take my rebellion below 
capture the heart of Adam I will make him a slave A captive to my will And all who come after Will live for my glory alone All human hearts will in time Establish my song. I love the drama. You could almost see yourself in the scene, couldn't you? Okay, so let's get talking about it as we continue here on Sabbath Moons. The Bible reveals that the whole human race is caught up in a great conflict between Christ and Satan. The devil, or Satan, is out to smear the holy name and character of God. And if he had his way, he would get everybody to believe that God is a tyrant, one whose laws are arbitrary and therefore cannot be obeyed. So how did this whole thing get started? Well, it remains a deep mystery. The Bible further reveals that this highly gifted created being, identified in the King James Bible as Lucifer, became increasingly self-conscious, self-centered, and self-exalting. We read in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, and Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 12 to 18. And there we see figurative descriptions of what happened to Lucifer. So let's dwell on this a little, because we need to understand how it all began. And I say figurative because when we read the texts in their context, you know, sometimes we are guilty of taking the passage out of its context just to make it say what we want it to say. But when we read the text in its context, or their context, we notice that Isaiah's words, first of all, are a lamentation about the downfall of the king of Babylon, whereas Ezekiel's proclamation concerns the proud king of Tyre. And yet we see in those verses some striking similarities with what we 
otherwise know as the devil. So let's read a bit about it. Isaiah says this, How have you fallen from heaven, O morning star? King James says, Lucifer, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Hmm. In Ezekiel's figure of speech, that being is described as an anointed cherub that covereth. This reminds us of the Ark of the Covenant, which is found in the most holy place of the Israelite sanctuary, and which was modeled after something in heaven. So we go back to the book of Exodus, and we read in chapter 25, verse 9, where God said, Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. Now in verses 18 to 20 in the King James Version we read, And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold, of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat, and make one cherub on the one end, and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubims on the two ends thereof. Verse 20, And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on a high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. How did you see that? The covering cherubim, they were in the very presence of the Most High God. They overshadowed the mercy seat. Their faces were constantly turned toward the glory of God's presence. And that, my friends, is a very highly exalted position. And that's where this being nicknamed Lucifer was. Which is a warning, friends, which is a warning for every one of us. Hey, do not let your high position of privilege and responsibility become a source of pride. Never allow yourself to become full of yourself. Pride precedes precipitation. Well, that's a rather colorful way of saying that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And I'm quoting from Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 in the NIV. So today you may be up, but tomorrow you could be down. The higher you climb, the greater could be your fall. So don't get proud. It is pride, yes, it is pride that launched the great controversy, pride that plunged this whole world into the mess that we're now in. Stay tuned, I'll be back after this song.
This is Faith FM, and you're listening to Sabbath Moods, brought to you by the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Today we're talking about the Great Controversy, and we've just been looking at how it all got started, according to the Bible. Now, Lucifer didn't just keep his feelings to himself. Instead, he targeted them against God. He became the adversary, the accuser of God, which is what the word Satan means. And more than that, Lucifer introduced among some of the angels a spirit of rebellion against the Most High. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 4 indicates that one-third of the angels teamed up with Lucifer. God would not tolerate this to go on indefinitely. So in verse 7 right through verse 9 of Revelation chapter 12, we read, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Bad news? Yes. But here comes some good news. How many angels were in heaven? We don't know exactly, but Daniel chapter 7 and verse 10 and Revelation chapter 5 verse 11 says that there are 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. The writers simply couldn't count them. I guess they couldn't count by billions in those days. But yeah, those are the two-thirds remaining. Ah, so for every one evil angel, there are at least Two good obedient angels. That means that they are a greater force. And that's why David could say in Psalm 103 verse 20, Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Amen. Victory in this conflict is guaranteed. Praise God this Friday evening. Victory is guaranteed. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Sabbath Moods on Faith FM with Pastor Erickson from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. And today our focus is on the great controversy, that conflict going on in our universe where the devil and his hosts of evil angels are waging an ongoing war against God and his kingdom. Well, we've seen according to Revelation 12 how the devil deceived some of the angels, but he along with them were cast out of heaven down to earth. And friends, that's how we got caught up in the struggle. Satan was cast out into planet earth. I don't know why he was dumped here instead of elsewhere. But you know what? I trust the wisdom of God. I don't know how long he was here before he snaked up on Adam and Eve. But one day he did. Using the same arguments that had led to his downfall, Satan effectively undermined Adam and Eve's trust in God. He introduced doubt by blurring the line between what God had said and what he was saying. You know, sometimes I like to imagine the conversation, you know, it, it makes the whole thing come alive. So let me use my imagination for a bit. And, and the serpent comes and says, well, hello. And Eve says, hmm, strange. I didn't know you could talk. Well, what do you know? Well, yeah, I'm new around here. I'm still exploring. Uh, what? So the serpent goes, wow, you are beautiful. I tell you, I've seen beauty and I know beauty. But woman, you definitely, absolutely, indisputably are the most beautiful thing I've ever set my eyes on. And Eve goes, why, thank you. And she sees Satan taking the fruit. What are you doing? You're not supposed to... Oh, really? Did God say you should not eat from every tree in the garden? Well, he said we could eat from any tree in the garden, but we must not touch or eat from the one in the middle of the garden, or we will die. He said that? Mm, mm-hmm. You know what? You won't really die. What? No. You won't truly die. You see, God is, <laughs> you know, I wonder if I should tell you. No, 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 it's okay. You can tell me. Okay, okay, okay. You see, God knows that the moment you eat that fruit, you will become wiser. You'll become just like him, my God, knowing good and evil. Really? Really, really. Now, here, try this. <laughs> And he fell for the trap, friends. And the rest, as they say, is history. Literally. The history of humanity is beyond anything that human pen can describe. But in the words of one writer, the transgression of God's law opened the floodgates of death and untold war upon our world. Untold war, yes, that's what it is, because it is truly indescribable. Satan assumed control of this planet. He claimed it as his territory. You see, Adam had control up to that time. Now the Bible says in Job chapter 2 verses 1 to 3, On another day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Oh, there you go. 
He's not like a tourist enjoying the sights and sounds of the land. He's not like a police officer on patrol keeping the peace and preserving law and order. No, he has a different agenda. He's more like someone who is laying claim to a certain territory. So he's walking up and down in it. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 also says, Therefore, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And Paul calls him in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And even Jesus himself, in John chapter 14, verse 30, describes Satan as the prince of this world. As a matter of fact, you remember that during the temptation, Satan took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And watch this. He said, all this will I give you if you will bow down and worship me. Matthew 4 verses 8 to 9. So you see, Satan claimed and he still claims dominion of this planet. But that's a lie. That's a big lie, my friend. Jesus came to our sin-cursed planet and answered Satan's charge that since all have sinned and, and all deserve to die eternally, then he is in charge. Since Jesus lived the sinless life, perfectly obeying his Father's command, he died in our place, and in so doing, the Bible says that he broke the power that Satan had over us. Thank God for that. When Jesus hung on the cross that Friday afternoon, and when he cried, it is finished. Hey, Satan was finished. His doom was forever sealed, and my salvation and yours was forever secured. And so the cross became the crossroads, the center or the pivotal point, if you prefer, in this great struggle between good and evil. It was there that my defeat was turned into victory. It was there that my wounds were healed. It was there that I was guaranteed a place in God's eternal kingdom. It was there, by faith, that I received my sight. And now, hallelujah, I am happy all the day. Thank God for Calvary. Listen to this song, It Is Finished. There's a line that's been drawn through the ages. On that line stands an old rugged cross. On that cross a battle is raging. For the gain of man's soul or his loss. On one side march the forces of evil, all the demons and devils of hell. On the other 
the angels of glory and they meet on Gargoth's hill the earth shakes with the force of the conflict and the sun Refuses to shine For there hangs God's son in the balance And then through the darkness he
This is Faith FM, and you're listening to the Sabbath Moods from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. So we're saying just before the musical break, thank God for Calvary. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I would love to carry on this celebration for the rest of the broadcast, but I'll pause a while and invite you to contemplate this great struggle, not at the level of the universe or even of planet Earth, not even at the level of your country or your community, your family or your church, but in your personal life. Hmm. I think too often we are tempted to look at wars, like those in Syria and Iraq, at disasters like the Japanese tsunami, or maybe at the specter of international terrorism, at the incest, like what we saw in Austria some years ago, where a man was reported to have locked up his daughter in an underground windowless room for more than 20 years and fathered seven children with her. Hmm. We tend to look at that. We tend to look at the drugs, at the prostitution and the immoral lifestyle. We tend to look at the juvenile delinquency and, and see these as evidences of the great struggle, the great controversy. But we tend to underestimate the extent to which Satan is working over time, actively doing his utmost best to have us doubt God's word and to fill us with pride like he filled himself with pride to tempt us to make the wrong moves, just like he tempted David to number Israel. He, he, he flatters us like he flattered Eve, and he wants to offer us enticing rewards like what he did to Jesus, maybe bigger pay, popularity, success, all in his efforts to devour us. So I want to invite us today to think about the times when a voice suggested Maybe we're better off not going to church today because there are too many hypocrites or, or bad people down there at the church. Think about the time when you heard a juicy story about Sarah or Simon somebody, and you just couldn't keep it to yourself. You had to pass it on. Think about those movies or that television series that you've been enjoying, which glorifies adultery instead of sexual purity and fidelity. Think about the time when pride got in your way, so that instead of humbly admitting that you were wrong, or instead of extending forgiveness, like Jesus would do, you simply decided to burn the bridge between you and that other person. Think about the time when your action left people wondering whether you were the child of God that you claimed to be. Or think about the time when God gave you an opportunity to serve others, but you basically said no because you were too busy. Think about the weakness that you've struggled with, something that you, maybe you've prayed about, or something that you've decided to put behind you, and yet you found yourself falling victim over and over and over again. What about the times when you have paused, reflected, debated, and finally decided, oh well, God will forgive me. I'll do it. What about those times? I want you to think about those times when that conflict was being played out in your own heart, where you wanted to do good, but you found yourself doing evil. Think about that as you listen to this song entitled, Lord, I Want to Be a Christian in My Heart. Stay tuned. In my heart, in my heart 
Yes, indeed, friends. As you listen to Sabbath Moods today here on Faith FM, I want to remind you that the war is being fought every day in my life and yours. And mark you, it's not simply at the superficial level of our actions, but it's also at the deeper level of our thoughts, intentions, and motives. Did I say motives? Yes, motives. It's important to answer that question. Why do you do what you do? Sometimes Satan doesn't get us with the open and visible. But even then, the wellsprings of the soul are not being daily cleansed by God's word. And so we don't do the obvious. And sometimes we're concerned about our image. We wish to maintain an outward correctness of behavior. Or sometimes we don't do this or that or the other because we're afraid that we might get caught. Or we probably just did not get the opportunity to do it. Think about those times as well. And so, friends, we are saying that we are all caught up in this relentless struggle against sin, the great controversy. Sometimes we get hit real hard. Boom. But let's be reminded today of three passages of Scripture. Three. And I want you to remember them after this broadcast. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says this. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. I love this verse. I love it. God knows that I'm going to be tempted, but he has provided a way of escape. Isn't that wonderful? So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The second one is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. Here's what it says. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Hey, we may get hit, we may go down, but we're not out. Why? Because the power of Jesus is at work in our lives. Fantastic. And finally, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I'll be right back. Stay tuned.
This is Sabbath Moods on Faith FM from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yes, friends, you may struggle, but you don't have to lose. Don't give up. Don't give in. Just give it over to Jesus. I want to say that again. Don't give up. Don't give in. Just give it over to Jesus. Keep looking unto him. Hey, it is finished. He has already won. And every day, every moment, in every situation, his victory can be yours. All you have to do is claim it by faith. You know, one of these days, the great conflict will have ended. Sin and sinners will be no more. Satan himself will have been totally unmasked before the whole universe. And every creature in heaven and earth will see who the scamp really was, pardon my language. We will see the fruits of his rebellion. We will see what it has done to humanity. We will see and understand how God in his infinite love worked things out for our eternal salvation. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue even that of Satan himself, will confess. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, thou King of Saints. Revelation chapter 15 and verse 3. Seek to end the 
Friends, I love that song by Yolanda Innocent, We Have Won. And indeed, all who have trusted in Jesus to save them from sin and to keep them covered with his righteousness, they will stand together on a sea of glass and shout a cry of victory that will echo throughout the whole universe. We have won. Through the blood of Jesus, we have won. Oh, my friends, when that time comes, I want to be there by the grace of God. I want you to be there too. So let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that we know the end of the story. We understand that by his death on the cross of Calvary, Jesus secured the ultimate victory over Satan and freed God's creation from being under the devil's control forever. We thank you, therefore, for Calvary. And we accept this victory today. And we want to experience it in our lives as we face the temptations and trials of each new day. Even more so, Lord, we want to stand in your kingdom one of these days with Jesus and with all those who have gained the victory in this great controversy. We give you permission, therefore, to have control over our lives. We give our loyalty to you. We give our hearts to you. We give our homes and our families to you. We give you all that we are and all that we have. And we thank you for the victory in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Western Australia. If you've been blessed by the broadcast, or if you wish to ask a question, or if you'd like some free Christian literature, or maybe you'd like to have Bible studies, then please feel free to send me a note. You can email me, ericsonfabian at adventist.org.au. That's E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N-F-A-B-I-E-N at A-D-V-E-N-T-I-S-T dot org dot A-U. The Seventh-day Adventist Church building in Rockingham is located at 21 Oneness Street. Our church is open every Saturday morning from 9.15 for our weekly time of Bible study and worship, followed by lunch. We also have a small group Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. I want to personally invite you to come over and pay us a visit. It would be great to see you there. Our postal address is PO Box 368, Rockingham, WA 6168, and our message service number is 0476-416-740. Do tune in again, same time, same station, Faith FM, next week, where we continue to share a message from God's Word, as well as inspirational music. Until then, this is Pastor Erickson thanking you for listening and saying, take care, God bless you, and bye-bye.